1: good morning everyone and welcome to the show thanks for joining us here today on conscious talk and being a member of our conscious talk family we love love having you on board
2: hey um, speaking of being a member of our family and supporting those people that support all of us and our planet um, I'd love to remind you of Aloha Bay it's Aloha um, you know, I'm reminded because we were burning one of their candles last night, um, and it, they're just amazing. It, it, it's, this is the kind of company we want to support for those kinds of things. Uh, they also have these great scented waxes, which, you know, it's, we never had that experience, and that's total no smoke very cool
1: yeah they're scented with uh, you know with oils and these oils are all I mean they really take time yeah. to figure out and find the right distributors and that they're all safe and clean and they match with the environment
2: yeah we have a new term now it's called wax melts yes. you know so now we're playing with that one but at any rate, um, check out Aloha Bay. It is a uh, totally owned by their employees, and it is uh, World Trade uh, Organization, Fair Trade Organization uh, certified.
1: Yes. Also want to remind you, spring has arrived, and the monarch butterflies are waking up from their winter hibernation. And they're undergoing right now a great migration. And as they arrive in the United States, our landscape could devastate their offspring and the chances of their survival because of Roundup and other pesticides that people still continue to use in their yards. So please be conscious Do not use those pesticides because we need our butterflies. We've noticed here we hardly have any monarchs around at all anymore. So please, and tell your store owners, no more pesticides. are a safer way to take care of your yard.
2: Hey, a quick reminder, uh, if you go to BelovedPublications.com, you're going to see that Danielle Gibbons and Mother Mary have a uh, summer solstice event at Mount Shasta And we'll be right back.
0: Welcome to Conscious Talk. Radio that makes a difference. Well, coming up this hour on Conscious Talk. We often heard that it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond that matters. But don't you wonder why other people act the way they do? And what you might do about it? Well, we'll have a chat with two experts who have delved into these questions. Dr. Mike Merrill. And Mike Wilson the book for discussion is why people act that way and what can I do about it and now I welcome your hosts for the day Brenda Michaels and Rob Spears
1: and thank you Benny and welcome folks to another hour of conscious talk radio that makes a difference and yes we are we're making a difference again here today because we bring to you the very best people we know of, people that are making a positive difference in their lives and the lives of others, people that are learning, growing, they're waking up, coming on the show, teaching all of us. And on this show, we learn and grow together, one listener at a time. That listener is you.
2: Well, we have two special guests today. We have Dr. Mike Merrill, and you're going to understand why we'll refer to him as Dr. Merrill or Dr. Mike, because our other guest is Mike Wilson. Now, uh, Dr. Merrill's been a pastor of a local church in one town for 40 years. i warn you, he is a New Englander. Well, no, actually, he's a New Yorker, but an upstate New Yorker, I'll bet. And uh, he has that wry East Coast sense of humor. Um, But he has seized on a wide variety of opportunities, uh, also teaching as an adjunct instructor in a local college for 29 years. He wrote a book that really caught our attention, especially during these times. Why do people act that way and what can I do about it? So we're going to have lots of questions, but also joining us is Mike Wilson who's a social scientist and working professional in education for almost 20 years, along with 25 years in professional religious work. So watch your P's and Q's. We have a couple of uh, uh, experts experts here. (laughs) So, uh, Mike and Mike, welcome to Conscious Talk.
3: Thank you so much. I did hear somewhere that an expert is a drip, a spurt that is a have-been. <laughs> being an
2: expert is wonderful, yes, okay. okay, well, so what did I say about that East Coast sense of humor
4: so no um, no no no, an ex- an expert is always a drip under pressure. <laughs> that's true yeah
1: okay you guys or, or,
4: or an expert we're gonna laugh yeah. our All way right. through this
1: interview yeah. i can tell yeah okay <laughs> okay so in order to give our listeners kind of an idea of what your book covers let's start with the premise you write from how do we interpret reality and dr mike we'll start with you how do we really interpret reality
3: Every individual has a framework at which they develop a sense of understanding and what their place is in that reality the The molecules and atoms and and chemical structures that comprise the universe are simply uh, elements of the universe that exist. In order for us to have an understanding, we have to create a sense of reality. One of the illustrations I give in the book is a mom gets up in the middle of the night. She's walking through her living room. She stumbles into something left right in the pathway, banging her shin on something sharp and hard, curses under her breath at her 13-year-old son who leaves his stuff all over the house. She is furious She's going to give him a piece of her mind. She turns on the light and sees it is the footlocker of her son that's home from basic training early. And she jumps with joy, squeals with delight. The exact same pain, shin skin, everything is the same, but her interpretation of it instantly changes from anger to joy. Why? Because her understanding of reality changed. Mm -hmm. So each person... Will, will take the elements and movements and time and factors of the world, then they interpret those to have meaning and mm-hmm. form a sense of reality. Then they find their place in that reality. Mm. Right.
2: Mm. Well, so, uh, Mike Wilson, um, one of the things that we've talked about all, often is that so many of us, uh, aside from cr- constructing our own reality, so many of us have been living a false reality. It's all based on what we've learned from our teach, our parents, our siblings, our teachers, our mentors of all kinds, and we take that as reality. So, how does that fit into what uh, Doctor Mike's saying?
4: Well, I, one of the things we you know, we do within the, the confines of, of the book uh, is that we we come at this from a, per, uh, a different fairly significant uh, difference in constructing reality, which we call reality intelligence. Um, we have a, we use a a, a model of, of four different areas of perceptions, emotions, motivations, and behaviors. And we see that as a Venn diagram of those four areas coming together and what crosses in the middle of what we call the and because of the coloring uh, we use it it actually turns into this cinnamon color in the middle and we we look at that as saying this is how reality what your reality truly is when those four areas uh, intersect in in the middle it it is it is your perceptions and it is your emotions it's your motivations and your behavior and that's where reality comes from um, and then in the book we, we spend you know, a significant amount of time explaining what that is but it, it is, starts from a very different premise than uh, socialization if you will um, of saying these are the four major elements that take place continually and they all interact with each other so it's not just one Wherein so many times in in socialization we'll look at just one area and determine reality from that, and we're saying no, these four interact with each with, with each other uh, consistently, and it's within the interaction of these four areas of perceptions, uh, emotions, motivations, and behaviors where you find your reality. Mm.
1: So, Dr. Mike. Is there a difference between interpretation and perception?
3: Oh yes, but we use the word perception as a set of. Uh, it is a complex of ten different senses of perception. So a perception right. is what comes from the world in through our various uh, means of of being aware, gaining information. Our sight, our our sound, our smell, our taste, our memory, our creativity are part of that. Spirituality is part of that. So there are ten senses of perception. But the interpretation of those pieces it really delves into the two critical questions. This, uh, our view is that nothing is automatically good or bad. There is no essential righteousness or evil automatically. What happens is when you experience something, the first question is, "What is this doing to me? How am I interacting with this? What's my part? What is my what is my play in this?" And the second critical question is, "What am I going to do with it? How do I process that? How does this become part of my life, my history, my planning?" So the perception of the world. And the interpretation of the world become linked. Now, what's vital in our concept is that those truly are interactive. My interpretation of the world changes my perception of the world. Mm -hmm. So if I am an anti-gun enthusiast, I hate guns, I will never have one, they scare me to death, in events that involve guns or do not involve guns, I will perceive that very differently from a gun advocate. Mm-hmm. So my interpretations and my perceptions become interactive. That's how I form my sense of reality and my part in it. Yeah. So we really I are.
4: It's a, yeah. I think it's, a, I think it's important to, to understand that we're not talking about value structures. What we're talking about is perceptions of understanding. Mm-hmm. So when he's when Mike says it it doesn't it doesn't come with positive or negative well we we would say and we would do this we would argue this in particularly with the emotional side of things where you would you know you read lots of materials that say if you're angry that's bad. Yep, and right. we're saying no that's an emotion in of itself right it's neutral. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, thank yeah, you well, for that clarification. Yeah, yeah
2: yes. what we would say is energy's energy. You know, yeah. we, we always liken the spiritual community often saying emotion is energy in motion. Well, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be running off to a break here. We are here with Dr. Mike Merrill and Mike Wilson. We're talking about a book, Why Do People Act That Way and What Can I Do About It? And, you know, that's a really pertinent question for these times. A lot of people are asking, uh, you know, they've certainly asked us that question many times, like, why you two like that? Well, we'll be back after these messages.
5: Our bodies depend on a potent powerhouse of beneficial bacteria that support and improve every aspect of our health. Dr. O'Hara's formula encourages probiotics to function at their peak performance. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. Go to www.essentialformulas.com for a retailer near you. That's essentialformulas.com. Stop breathing right now. No, really, hold your breath. This is how it feels when you're stuffed up due to colds, flu, pollen, dander, post-nasal drip, or any other reason. That's when you need Clear Saline Nasal Spray, the only spray with the power of Xylitol. That simple saline solution you're using is only doing half the job. It's just rinsing. In multiple research studies, Xylitol has been shown to reduce bacterial adhesion and help keep your nose moist and clean much longer than saline alone, making Clear more effective at washing away that nasty gunk in your nose. Clear is so powerful, it's been granted over 11 patents. So step up from that wimpy saline spray to something that actually works faster and better at getting you the relief you need to start breathing now. And if your doctor isn't talking to you about Clear for your congestion, maybe you need to get a new doctor. You don't just rinse your hands, why would you just rinse your nose? Clear Saline Nasal Spray with Xylitol.
3: Available at Vitamin Shop, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, as well as Amazon.com. For a complete list of retailers, visit clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com.
6: Conscious Talk. Radio that transforms your life. Today, more than ever, new technology is being created to help humankind. But few address subtle energy, which is the energy of life. We refer to as consciousness. A new company, Focus Life Force Energy Innovations, has created this technology and made it affordable to all of us. What makes this technology different is it can focus subtle life force energy on our property and everything within it.
0: and drop down to Focused Life Force Energy. Experience the difference Focused Life Force Energy gives you.
1: Or call 360-385-1909. That's 360-385-1909 for all the information you need on the Avacyn medical
5: device. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Conscious Talk, and it is radio that makes a difference. And we have a lot of conversations on this show that... um, that you're not going to normally hear in mainstream drive-time radio, but hey, this is our 20th year, so you must be uh, finding some value here as we do. Well, today we're talking about uh, an interesting book. Why do people act that way, and what can I do about it is the title. It's by Dr. Uh, Mike Merrill, and you spell that M-Y-K-E, and uh, actually that's his website, D-R-M-Y-K-E. And also Mike Wilson. Mike Wilson, who has a YouTube channel called Gripping Reality. Uh, Very interesting. Very
1: interesting. So how did you two meet? Uh, Let's start with you, Mike Wilson. How did you meet Dr. Mike Merrill, and why did the two of you team up?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we met about... I may give away my age here, but yep. we've been about thirty six thirty seven years ago and
6: yeah,
4: wow. we both were uh, we both were in uh at that time ministry we were doing ministry student ministries uh mm-hmm. in a denomination that we ended up at a a um at a conference together that actually um Mike and I caused enough problems that they called one to try and straighten us all out. And, uh, the word
3: problems. We, and, caught, we created yeah. opportunities.
4: Yeah. No, that's right. we, 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 yeah, We had created great opportunities, and they were frustrated with both sides of the coast. So they, they put together this uh, time for us to meet. And uh, actually, I'll let Mike take it from here, because he, he actually tells I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> he actually tells the story better? a
1: little better than I
4: do.
1: Okay, now, Dr. Merrill, I'll, I'll run, with
4: it. It. <laughs> well, run with
3: it. Mike and I were checking into a, the denomination owned a small hotel that put everybody up, and we checked in for this youth conference with the executive leader of the denomination youth program. We, got, we bellied up to the check-in desk right around the same moment, just one of those wonderful things that God does or fate or chance or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we were checking in, and we're hassling the poor young girl who was on the other side of the desk mercilessly, because that's the kind <laughs> of guys we are. And so she told us we had to wait. Well, one of the bishops of the church came down without a suit jacket on, without his tie on, and was looking for the girl who was running an errand. And he was extremely frustrated. He was very animated. We asked what was wrong. He said, I just locked myself out of my room. I don't have my coat. I have a meeting coming up. I've got to find that girl. And off he went in a big huff. So I just got up, went upstairs. The It was an old hotel and I used my, one of my credit cards to slip lock the door and left it open. <laughs> I came back down and I sat next to Mike, my friend who wasn't my friend yet. And the Bishop came back, still grousing, couldn't find the girl. And I said, uh, Bishop, your door is actually open. This is an old hotel, and it wasn't latched properly. He never asked any more questions. He went upstairs, got a suit coat, went to his meeting. <laughs> Wilson turns to me and he goes, how did you do that? And I said, <laughs> don't ask questions that you don't want the answer to. And we start laughing, and we still do not remember. One of us said, we're going to be friends for life, and we yeah. have been.
1: Yeah. You'd you'd love my husband because he's just like you guys. He is a trickster. He has a great sense of humor. I don't know if it's East Coast or he got lit by some West Coast stuff, but he's got it too. So anyway. So then all right, the two of you
3: somewhere in his childhood. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, high school
2: football. Yeah. That's it. Okay. We'll blame it on that. Who wants
1: to answer this question? How did you discover your system? The system you've developed in this book.
4: <laughs> oh, oh I'll, God! I'll start, and then we'll, and then Mike will take it from there. Because actually, you know, he's the one that wrote the book, and people go, "Well, who in the world are you?" Well, I'm I'm a, I'm the guy that interprets the book, <laughs> um, and so uh, this is just the, the really, uh, you know, Mike is has taken material and put it in written form, but for both of us, one of the things that we discovered uh, as we, you know, continued to build our friendship and be in relationship together over these years is that it was the fact that he and I uh, were doing, particularly when when I was in full-time ministry during those 20, almost 25 years, that we were very, very similar in our approaches to Uh, to to all of these kinds of issues of how we dealt with emotional issues in people's lives. And in all fairness, obviously he, he took it and put it in, in real terms that, you know, we have worked together on for a long time. But, you know, when people say, well, how in the world did you guys end up in this? I, it really was a, (laughs) it was, to some degrees it's kind of scary because we it was a very natural process it wasn't it wasn't something that we had to sit there and, and try and figure out what the other person was saying our methodology and so much of what we do is is very very similar and and uh, coming to it now, our approach may be quite different in coming to some of the issues but but when you look at the way the uh, we built out the systems of perceptions, emotions, motivations, behavior, um, in building reality. That's very much both of us on how we come to uh, we come to dealing with those kinds of things. But in all fairness, he, Mike, you need to give uh, some some background on how you pulled all this information together.
3: I went into pastoral ministry uh, really because it it allowed my orientation, and giftedness really an unbridled uh, reign to work with people without charging them, without being restricted by time structures, uh, or by any of the necessary limitations that are on classical psychology or classical clinical work. Uh, my, My original idea was to become a clinical psychologist, and I was involved in a very, very small church. The pastor was a gifted man, a, a biblical scholar, uh, really loved people. But he said to me, if you want to be able to go to the prison where people are living, dying, where their homes are in the middle of the night and not be restricted by the kinds of things that clinical people are, then think about becoming a pastor. And that has really been true. So instead of having a practice that needed to be funded. And that was going to be done by insurance payments or by those who had resources. I was Mm -hmm. able to do whatever needed to be done at any time it needed to be done. So I set out on a course with a clinical repertoire, and I began to discover very, very quickly that what I was trained to do was find the box in which a person's mental issues could be titled and then solve the box. And most people really detest being put in a box. Mm-hmm. They want to talk about what's going on in their lives. They want to sort it out. They want to investigate. Uh, but they don't want to be analyzed and critiqued and and, uh, and solved. Mm-hmm. So as I began listening, and I spent probably 10 years just listening. I had virtually no advice to give. And I began to find that as people described their emotional experiences, their perceptions, what they were motivated to do, particularly the area of emotions fell into five basic categories. And that really was the original seed that launched the entire concept that we work from, that there are five basic emotional systems. There are mild emotions, there are moderate emotions, and there are tense emotions in all five. Once I knew that, and I would hear somebody speak about, all oh, being frustrated or annoyed or irritated or bored or furious or enraged or out of control, I realized they're talking about the same emotion, but in a wide variety of intensities. Mm-hmm. So I began to listen to that and redirect and help people understand how their emotions work. Eventually, we pulled in perceptions as how do those emotions trigger work towards motivations, how do we get ready to start acting, and then behaviors, either we engage a behavior or we disengage. And that became a complete method to teach people how to be intuitive about their own lives and about others' lives. What we found is in the training, we train all over the country, we do uh, various aspects of teaching and training around the world, that the four – complexes of perceptions, emotions, motivations, and behaviors, and how they interact with each other gives people the resources to understand more thoroughly and resolve more completely the issues that are
2: going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can um, really say that this is a holistic system because you're, you're talking about the spiritual, emotional, uh, and physical and mental and mental bodies. And and financial and behavioral and history
3: Mm. background and generational and every aspect of life can be pulled in responsibly so that we can talk about them. That's what we really want to be able to do. Right. right. And
1: the five emotions, uh, folks, are love, fear, anger, sadness, and happiness. And when we come back, gentlemen, I'd like you to take us through via one of the stories you tell in the book regarding one of the emotions. And we decided anger because anger is so misinterpreted so often. So think about that. And when we come back, we're going to continue with Dr. Mike Merrill and Mike Wilson. The book is Why Do People Act That Way? And What I Can Do About It. We'll be right back.
5: Our bodies depend on a potent powerhouse of beneficial bacteria that support and improve every aspect of our health. Dr. O'Hara's formula encourages probiotics to function at their peak performance. Join the millions of people worldwide who know the power of Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. Discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. Go to www.essentialformulas.com for a retailer near you. That's essentialformulas.com.
1: If you're like us, you really appreciate companies that are sustainable, caring, and conscious. This describes Aloha Bay, a company not only guaranteed by the World Fair Trade Organization, but also donates a portion of their sales to Doctors Without Borders and other great causes. Some of the amazing products made by Aloha Bay include Himalayan salt table and bath products, chakra candles, Himalayan salt lamps, feng shui votives, and much more. A majority of the jar candles are hand-poured into recycled glass, scented with 100% pure essential oils, mini-certified organic. Aloha Bay is an employee-owned company whose products are not only affordable, but beautiful and deliciously scented. To learn more and order their amazing products, visit alohabay.com. That's alohabay.com.
0: Conscious Talk, radio that gives back to yourself for most of us the new year's resolution to lose those extra pounds turns to frustration when the weight bounces back no matter how many calories you cut or how many protein meals you eat the shocking truth is it's not your fault science discovered that the alkalizing mineral salts our bodies need are no longer found in our food due to our depleted soils which causes acid buildup in the body and a condition called metabolic acidosis. When you are too acidic, fat forms to protect your body. Thus, your diet actually leads to that dreaded bounce back in weight. What you need is power pH with bio pH, the most powerful alkalizing ingredient ever developed. The amazing effect of BioPH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven PowerPH. For more information and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com.
7: Go to vitaminlife.com and save up to 50% on supplements or call vitaminlife.com to order
5: at 866-998-8855. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150.
1: Welcome back folks and thanks for uh, being with us here today, joining us, being a part of our Conscious Talk family and tuning in because we are talking about really tuning in and we bring you All sorts of amazing, amazing people that are doing some really beautiful, empowered and powerful work out there. And today we're here with Dr. Mike Merrill and Mike Wilson. The book is Why Do People Act That Way and What Can I Do About It? You can go to um, com to learn more about the book. Okay, we're going to run with one of you guys. I think it's going to be you, Dr. Um, Merrill or Dr. Mike. Uh, Tell us a story about the emotion anger and what you can give us about that.
3: When When I began to understand that people used a lot of different emotional words in a common area, Anger was one of the first ones that I recognized really functioned along a spectrum. It really has to do with a low level, moderate level, and high level. Uh, let's say that a parent wants a child to go to bed. And the, so the parent sits in their evening chair watching television and yells up the stairs, time for bed, calm, but insistent. And then uh, the child, of course, doesn't move. And then the parent, after a, some reasonable time period, yells with a sharper tone, now there's annoyance, um, I told you to get ready for bed. Now get ready for bed. Child says, okay, nobody moves. And the parent then waits a few more minutes, maybe five, and then says with real gravel in their voice, they've moved up to irritation I told you to get ready for bed. Get ready for bed. And the child goes, yeah, yeah, one more commercial. And the parent screams something back, and the kid mutters something under their bed. And then the parent is getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And they may just say, uh, I'm getting more angry. I'm really angry. I'm very angry. Or they may use different words. I'm disgusted. I'm furious. I'm enraged. And they move up and down the scale until there's a specific point at which the parent will get out of their chair and go stomping across the floor as if they're some huge monster, and then they're screaming at the top of their lungs, mm. and the kid jumps up and heads for bed and says, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Mm. And the family plays that, that little skit out day after day after day after day. And the question then is, how does the parent solve being so angry? Well, they've created a pattern. It's a little Mm -hmm. play, Mm -hmm. and they're going to walk through the actions of that play, and everyone knows their part, and the child knows exactly the moment Mm -hmm. they have to move towards getting ready for bed because it's when their parent gets out of the chair and starts stomping up the stairs. Mm -hmm. So the, Mm -hmm. the critical issue then is as the anger moves up and down the scale, There's a point of action, there's a response, there's kind of this back and forth game that gets played as every person is playing their part on what we call the empowerment scale.
1: That's an inter I, I found that really interesting that you called it the empowerment scale. When I looked at that scale and saw all those different emotions there, and I thought, wow, is that really what empowerment is? I thought empowerment was someone who was in their power, who didn't have to raise their voice, who could speak and, and make a request or say something like, it's time now for you to get ready for bed. Thanks. I appreciate you doing that. Something like that. I thought that was empowerment. So am I mistaken about what really empowerment is?
3: No, if that works for you, then I'm not going to tell you that, that that's a wrong way of understanding empowerment. Empowerment is used everything from governmental programs uh, that are providing resources to people who, who are struggling to put things together. And it's used in women's programs to give them an ability to stand up in their, in their situations, which they mm-hmm. haven't been able to do, or children that have been abused. There's, uh, empowerment is used in many, many different Form. The mm-hmm. issue for me was finding a word that neutralized a person's initial perception when we start talking about anger. I've had people say to me, my mother told me, you are never allowed to get angry. Anger is bad. Mm-hmm. I read a book when I was doing my doctoral research that was called The Bad Emotions. Mm-hmm. And in that book, the author said, sadness, fear and anger are bad emotions. Try not to feel them. And I thought that is insane. That is about, I don't normally say to people you're flat out wrong, but that is flat out wrong. Well, hold that anger thought. Extru- yes.
1: Just hold that thought. We're going to just take a yes. very quick break and we're going to come back and finish that. We're yes. here with Dr. Merrill, Mike Merrill and Mike Wilson, and we'll be right back.
8: and other irritants before they have a chance to attack the sensitive tissues in your upper respiratory tract. Clear is easy to use, effective, and safe for people of all ages. Clear is simply your best defense in an increasingly dirty and polluted world. I use it myself. You can find Clear Saline Nasal Spray and Sinus Wash at Vitamin Shop, CVS, Rite Aid, and other drugstore supermarkets and pharmacies near you, as well as Amazon. Or you can visit Clear on the web at clear.com. That's www.xlear.com.
0: or visit energeticmatrix.com. Unleash your natural self-healing abilities with the AIM program of Energetic Balancing.
5: Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Conscious Talk, and we're having a lively conversation here. We're hearing some getting some great information from Dr. Mike Merrill, and that's spelled M Y K E Merrill. And it happens to be uh, his website is doctor D R M Y K E dot com. Uh, that's his website. And Mike Wilson. Mike Wilson has a YouTube channel called Gripping Reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you can search for that and find it. We're talking about this book, uh, Why Do People Act That Way, and What Can I Do About It? So, uh, Mike, Merrill, you were, you know, explaining this pattern that uh, all of us are familiar with, the kid not going to to sleep and what it takes for the parent to get there and the play that they enact.
1: And I asked about empowerment because my interpretation and perception of empowerment was different than what you had in the book and you were explaining that
3: the sense of empowerment and all of the emotions from very mild to moderate to very intense are resolved when change or some shift in power takes place so when in a situation as you perhaps described. When a parent says, time to get ready for bed, and the child says, okay, mom, and gets up and goes to bed, there is no need to change anything. There's no shift of power. It's when a uh, 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 some, some aspect of reality, as the person perceives it, must change. A, a great example is the old uh, Hulk TV show. Where David Brenner is is trying to change a tire and he can't do it and he gets angrier and angrier and angrier. Finally, he turns into the Incredible Hulk. He rips the tire off the car and throws it like a frisbee and goes stomping off to save the world. And right. the the nature of anger is it will expand, it will intensify, uh, it gains greater power until it achieves. change or a shift in control that the person desires, if that's possible. If it's not possible, the person can get even more angry, more enraged, out of control, violent in order to achieve change or a shift in power. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. called the whole system empowerment because that's a more neutral word in people's minds than anger at least to start and then we can teach the concept without having to stumble over automatic negativity
2: Mm. yeah so that that explains a lot of these kinds of patterns which you have in the book explained a lot about why people act this way why they move through a certain spectrum uh, uh you know that we see as their behavior so uh, Mike Wilson um, the other part of the book is and what can I do about it uh, is, is there anything we can do yeah, about can, it can yeah. we really
1: come to some kind of common consensus
2: yeah beyond
4: under, just understanding it well it, it, it really comes back to the nature of what we ask from the diagnostic the two diagnostic questions that we use in all of our in all of our training, and those two questions uh, are, you know, what is this doing to me, and what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. So, so that becomes the practical application of identifying. The first part is identifying what is this doing? What is this doing to, and then doing to me? Well, we would we would contend, and we do contend, that you know, before that even begins to take place for you to ask those questions, there has to be ownership uh, for your for what you are doing. Um, uh, there has to be accountability of saying, "This is me. This is what's going on." And I, you know, not that we don't believe there are victims in the world. We we believe that true victims, but but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who, uh, you know, many times we, we don't want to own our, our motivations or our behavior. Or we don't want to mm-hmm. own our emotions. We don't want to own our perceptions. Mm-hmm. Well, until you start wrestling with that, which takes uh, a bit of courage, uh, and then start asking the questions, what is this doing to me and what can I do about it? Uh, you're going to have a, a difficult time getting to anything that's practical, and one of the things we train uh, with is this—the whole concept of intensity. And and again, we're not we're not trying to we're not going to say that, that having uh, having anger is you know or frustration is that positive or negative. No, we're saying it's neutral. Question is, what do you do with it, mm-hmm. and what's the outcome of what you're doing with that as as you use it? Um, we we have uh, uh, another system in emotions we call uh, exposure, which has to do with fear. Uh, and so many times in our culture, you know, it's like, oh, well, being afraid is bad. Well, okay, um, being being fearful. With no cause, I suppose that could be seen as being highly negative. but is it always bad? Well, if you're in a situation uh, you know good Pacific Northwest uh, and you're out hiking which uh, hundreds of thousands of people do here, and you come on uh, come upon a uh, mama black bear with two cubs <laughs> and uh, your, your fear intensity doesn't go off the chart to where you basically are saying feet don't fail me now and get me out of here, Uh, is fear bad at that moment? No, I would say fear is being terrified is a pretty good thing. Uh, You wanna go. So when we talk about uh, how how do you actually make this practical? Well, you begin by asking those two diagnostic questions and then realizing on the continuum of intensity maybe I'm being far too intense in this particular emotional area, and I need to l- figure out how to ratchet that down. And that's what we train. That's what we teach people mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. of how to be able to step down. We actually have a, a training piece we call the ladder principle and in, in how to do that.
1: Mm. I, I think uh, one of the most powerful things – about what you guys teach and and what I really got from your book and I think it's so worthy that uh, noteworthy to to say this again to to our listeners that the feelings or emotions the emotions we have I believe everything is neutral I believe the universe is neutral that's what I believe I believe that it's we who give it meaning. We give meaning to everything. So the meaning that we might give to anger is one that you just expressed to both of you about off the scale kind of thing. And the the meaning that you give, the person that's giving the meaning has to own, if I'm correct in interpreting this, own that meaning that they're giving to that particular emotional um, event that's happening within them. Am I interpreting that properly?
3: You you are. One of the things that's vital in this process is that it it allows people to begin changing not only the language they use to Mm -hmm. talk and the language they use to think, Mm -hmm. but the language that they use to process what they're thinking. One of, I teach one of the three worst words a person can ever say is you made me or you make me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. And you can say you made me so angry or you make me so happy. My mm-hmm. happiness is your responsibility. Yeah. My anger is your fault. And the reality mm-hmm. is my anger is mine. It belongs to right. me. So right. if, if, I'm, if I ask the question, what is this doing to me? I could say my anger is allowing me to stand up in my abusive situation and either change it or get out of it. I am angry enough to act. That is very, very good. Or I am so angry I strike out at everybody else, I kick the dog, I yell at my spouse, my kids, I hate my job, everything about me. That's destroying me. So if I ask the question – What is my anger doing to me, and what can I do about that? Now I can get somewhere. I can change the way I think. I at least can address it. Well, we're going to have to stop you
1: there. This is the book, folks. It's a wonderful book. It'll really help you. Why do people act that way, you guys? Thank you so much for your expertise and and being with us and sharing your humor and everything else. And folks, thank you. As always, have a beautiful day and we'll see all of you next time right here on Conscious Talk. What does healing mean to you? Are you physically in pain, emotionally distraught, spiritually adrift, mentally confused, frightened, driven by thoughts of the past or future? After years of healing work on ourselves and others, Rob and I have developed energetic and vibrational methods to help you heal your body and transform your consciousness to support a new level of well-being and health. All these energetic bodies, when in balance, physical, emotional, spiritual, and mental, contribute to your overall health and well-being. This timing calls for us to wake up and become who we really are, leaving behind the illusion that getting sick and old is normal. Let us help you reach a new level of health and well-being, a level of consciousness that is filled with new possibilities. If you're ready to move forward and heal the whole of you, give us a call at 360-385-1909. That's 360-385-1909.
0: Conscious Talk.